Hello friends and welcome to your Friday edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. It's a bit late but still hopefully sounding great. I am Mark Heath with my two best friends Andy Warren and Stuart Watson. Apologies friends, we didn't get one to you yesterday. It was Speedway Press Day, Stu took a day off, basically our diaries did not line up and therefore we couldn't sit down and do a pod for you. But hopefully you'll agree that it'll be worth the wait this morning. Hutchie, how are you? You had a very exciting trip to start the week. Do you want to tell folks where you were? It's not that exciting. It is exciting, oh, mate. It is. Uh, people find it exciting. I find it exciting. Oh, oh, well, I went to Milan for a day again on the cheap. £25 return flight. Job done. Happy days. And you were watching some footy out there. You didn't just fly to Milan just for some cultural um, rest and recovery. No, no. I went with my, my dad. Me and my dad watched Milan against Salernitana. And my dad thinks that Ipswich Town could beat that Milan team. They wow, were that. that's a big... That's a big yeah, thing. I I think he's white. I think he's he's wider the mark. I'll be honest. Um, yeah, they knocked they knocked Tottenham out of the Champions League a week before. Um, I'm not sure Wes Burns is is getting in the Milan team. George Hurst instead of Zlatan up front or, or Giroud, <laughs> but um, they weren't great. But uh, yeah, Dad, Dad's a bit extreme. You've been a couple of times now to Milan, haven't you? You've obviously uh, you've obviously taken to the the capital of culture. It's just cheap. <laughs> That's why okay. I love I love San Siro. It's great, but it's so cheap to so cheap to get there. Like twenty twenty quid return flight. The ticket was only fourteen euros for the game. Job is easy. Cheap football tourism, sexy that is. Are you more of an, a Milan fan or an Inter man? Uh, probably Milan, but I've seen both. Any uh, any any scrapes with ultras like you you had before? Um, no, um, I was with my dad. We. Uh, he wasn't up for it. No, no, he's not. He's not. He's not a hooligan. He's not like yourself. He's nearly sixty-nine years old. What's his name? David. Good on you, David. David Warren. Fantastic, Stewie. Um, you weren't in Milan uh, earlier this week, but you have also done something really interesting. Um, you went and sat down, had a chat with uh, with Jason Shechtley, who. Um, I'm really interested to hear about this because he is he is the the, the guy who was, who was really badly injured, wasn't he? Policeman over in Arizona, um, and he's now part of the kind of running towards adversity um, story behind the club and and the, where the money comes from. What was that like, mate? Because I'd imagine away from kind of without being disrespectful, rather mundane stuff that we do every day, talking to talking about football and talking to footballers. That must have been a real kind of special standout thing to do. Yeah, incredible. Um... A real pleasure and a privilege to have the chance to go and, and speak to Jason. Um, he just got off the plane on Wednesday, come straight from Heathrow to the Salt House. And um, yeah, bless him. I'm sure he was feeling a bit bit jet lagged, but was straight into some, some media work and has done a, an interview with the club. That I believe he's going out later today. Um, and yeah, I had a chance to sit down with Jason for, for a good hour. Mm. Um and talk about his story which is amazing inspiring but also how it kind of his relationship with Ipswich Town his first trip over was for the season opener against Bolton which has left a a lasting imprint on him I think it's fair to say and he couldn't wait to be back and he is back um, and you can see from the pictures uh, they kept it a surprise that uh, from the players that he was going to go in on Thursday morning for training, and you could see the big beaming smiles on their faces that that Jason was back. Um, 
So yeah, he's doing a few more talks to to the players, uh, to some of the younger youth team players and their their parents and families over the coming days before he heads back. So um, yeah, if people don't know Jason's story, he was a serving policeman uh, in the Phoenix uh, police force over in, in Arizona. It was only 14 months into his dream career and um, tragically was hit in his stationary police vehicle by a, a taxi going at more than 100 miles an hour um, and was trapped in a burning vehicle for more than two minutes. Fourth degree burns, horrific injuries, has had 50 plus surgeries since then. Um and as you can imagine, has been on one hell of a road to recovery ever since, mm. and is now in a career of sort of public speaking, motivational speaking. Uh, he does this, he's done hundreds and hundreds of these talks all over America, but had never been never been to England before, um, and has absolutely loved it, fallen in love with England, fallen in love with Ipswich, feels a real sort of kindred spirit with athletes that feel like, you know, there is similarities uh, not to the same degree of, of what he's gone through but people that are, are, go, are having to kind of um you know fight every day every week so mm. he's really sort of you know is the epitome of this running towards adversity mantra that the, the club are um that are striving towards at the moment has it made a bit of an impression on you Stu? because there are some in this job you you're lucky enough occasionally to speak to people who you know you'll remember that chat for the rest of your life is that is it one of them Hundred percent, yeah. Um, the biggest thing that I took away from it is speaking to Jason. I sort of said you could tell how much he loves sports still, and he's mm. a big he's a big golfer. He's a he's a single figure handicap golfer. Got back to that after all all of the injuries and everything. But he loves his baseball. His son plays college baseball. Um, at all the American, various American sports. But I said to him, after everything that you've gone through, I thought you of all people would be kind of see sport as a bit facile and mm. pointless and 22 men chasing a bag of air around sort of thing. And I think we all have these moments where we go, does our job matter? Does it, does it mean anything? You know, it's not very worthy when you look at other people that are firefighters, policemen, teachers, etc. Mm. And he said, trust me it matters you know that he, he told a really powerful story about his wife was interviewed during his recovery process and said the minute that she knew he was going to be okay is when he was listening to a little transistor radio in the in the hospital and the phoenix is it the cardinals i can't remember my american sport knowledge is not good but they won their um first and only uh, World Series, I think it must have been baseball, and um, you know the joy that she saw in him still there, hmm. and he, you know, that's the message that he gives to the Ipswich Town footballers is that you don't know what's going on in the lives of those twenty five thousand people that are watching you. You don't know who's listening to a radio in a hospital far away, and and what impact you're having on them. And that, yeah, that 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 was quite a powerful message that I I took away from it. That you know. I've always thought that kind of it's more important, you know, football is more important than life and death thing that, you know, is, mm. is, it has never set, set, felt or sat right with me, but it's important because it's not important. It's the most important thing of the things that, that don't matter because it's a distraction and it can, and it can give people strength and joy. So 
yeah, very inspiring chat. Lots more to come from that. Um, that should be online and in the papers next week. Yeah, I hope you told American sports were nonsense. So did you, Stuart? You say, let me Absolutely. stop you there, Jason. Yeah. This, look, baseball, what's that? You can yeah. take your Phoenix Cardinals. And... <laughs> yeah. Andy, what, what, have I, what, have I, what is well, the name of what, the baseball what, team in Phoenix? What you've, what you've done there is you, you've taken Phoenix. It's, yeah. it, it's the, I think it's the Arizona Diamondbacks, I want to say. Yeah, it is. That's yeah. the one. Um, it's the, you're close to that. Arizona, like the Arizona football team and the Cardinals. They go. used to be called the Phoenix Cardinals about 20 years ago. Yeah. So uh yeah, you 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 get this, Stu. You're close. You're in the you're in the white the right wheelhouse, mate. What are the uh, what what's well the Phoenix done. basketball side called, Stu, just as a test? Um they get a lot of it in Phoenix. Just, they get a lot of it in Phoenix. Suns. Yes. There we go. He, he pretends knows. he doesn't know, but of course he knows. Um right then friends. That's good. That was that was uh, an interesting chat. Uh, Stu, I can't wait to read that. It's the kind of thing you really excel at. So um, look out for that next week. Um, from that then, friends, to slightly less important news, but I guess it, it, important in terms of Ipswich Town and, the, and it affecting people. The Barnsley game next week due to travel to Barnsley a week on Saturday. Obviously, big promotion rivals, a very, very informed side. Not going to happen, though. International call-ups mean that Town won't be playing that game. And the obvious question is, is it the right call? Um, and I, I, I suspect I'm going to disagree with you here, boys. So, Hutchie, do you want to, do you want to start? What do you make of this? And we, I guess you better um, just round up what's actually happened as well. Yeah. Um, so, two international call-ups are Nathan Broadhead, Wes Burns. They've been called up by Wales. We knew that. Um, they have had a third one. They've not revealed who that is, but it's... Um, it's either Greg Lee or or Sam Morsey. Um, it could well end up being both. Um, they just don't know. I think particularly with Egypt, it's a bit potluck when you might find out the answer to that question. And as a result, that means Town can call it off. First thing, I'm really disappointed it's off because I was really looking forward to that game coming coming up really soon. But I think it's absolutely the right decision to not to not play. This isn't. This isn't Paul Lambert going into a game in the middle of September anymore um, without a couple of players here and there. This is serious business end of the season stuff. Um, I think they've made the right they've made the right decision. No time for arrogance. If you can play this game with your best players available, which yes, there's the odd injury that might happen down the line. Um, I think they've made the right decision to play it to play it later. Personally, Stu, you'll agree, I'm sure. I do agree. I think there was a decision to make. Um, the biggest what, the biggest argument for playing it is that Barnsley, I think, have got Sheffield Wednesday on the Tuesday mm-hmm. leading up to it, and Ipswich would have had a blank week. So you could have seen that as a bit of a competitive advantage. People will say that also Ipswich are in a period of momentum at the moment and you should try and ride that. But who knows what, you know, what, what the momentum situation will look like for both clubs going into that game. Conversely, Barnsley could go and beat Sheffield Wednesday and be on a massive high going in, in, could have been on a massive high going into that match. So we don't know what's going to happen in the next few days leading up to what would have been that date. Um, Yeah, for me, it would have been reckless, arrogant to go into that game without your best players. And Nathan Broadhead, let's not underestimate how big a role he's played in this recent run of form. He's had a bit of star quality to to this Ipswich Town side. Um, Wes Burns has been a man for the for the big occasions this season. Um, 
you know, we don't even know if Morsi would have been maybe one that's unavailable, and that you absolutely you don't go mm. into big games without your the beating heart of your side, your captain available. So, yeah, absolutely the right decision for me. The, the, th- the big thing for me is, yeah, there's every suggestion that this third call up is probably Greg Lee, and that there's no there's no firm answer on Morsi. If you if you you had to make a decision at some point. If you had the decision to call it off and you don't and you went into that game not knowing whether Sam going into next week not knowing whether Sam Morsi was going to be here, that's not that's not right. That's not a way to prepare. And imagine if you lost him on Monday or Tuesday and he's off to um Egypt and you weren't expecting that. So I, I think they had to, they had to call it off. This the game could be absolutely massive when it's played on April the twenty fifth. That could be absolutely huge, or it could be it it could be a completely different contest to the one we're looking at right now. But um, yeah, one they, one of the one of the two clubs or both might be out of the the top two reckoning by then. That will be that will be the third from last game of the season by then. Obviously, we hope Ipswich are very much still in it. Um, who knows? It could be a, yeah, could be absolutely gargantuan. Or it might have slightly different connotations. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, Ipswich now have to go up there on a Tuesday night. They'd sold more than 3,000 tickets for the original Saturday game. I don't know how many they'd be able to take on a, on a Tuesday night, but I would imagine there'll still be, a, knowing Ipswich Town fans, there'll still be a, a huge appetite to, oh, to go up there, yeah. even on a Tuesday. Well, imagine if that game's what we think it could be. If It, it, it could be gargantuan. Which, um, <laughs> which, if it is that away end, will still have as many people in it. Then I'm sure. Is there another level above gargantuan? Is that the top? Uh, there's an American word word called uh, they use called Ruthian, which is a, a tribute to Babe Ruth, which is like things that have never been done before. Absolutely massive <laughs> achievements. Um, Ipswich v Barnsley in League One. Could is, that is, ever, could that ever Ruthian. be that? It's Ruthian. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Gargantuan, I suppose, is is bigger than massive, isn't it? Titanic is Titanic bigger than Gargantuan. I mean, I don't know. I mean, really, what what is big? How are we defining big? We're just a speck, really, aren't we? In, in this grand scheme of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You look at us. You look at us from Mars. We're just just a little speck. Stu, as they'll, you know, oh, they'll be watching, mate. They'll yeah. be watching Ipswich v Barnsley, April the twenty fifth. The, the universe Mars. is watching. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose you haven't got that in some of the hype we get now for football matches. <laughs> the universe is watching. Pay-per-view on Mars. They might be. Yeah, they might be. You don't, don't know, do you? Yeah. Um, Satellites and that. Exactly. Uh, uh, predictably, friends, I'm going to disagree with you. I, I, I hate games being postponed for this sort of reason. If Town win tomorrow, they'll that's six wins on the bounce, and they'll be going into Barnsley like a pecking freight train, regardless of whether Minty and Burns and even Morsey are there. Go in with confidence, boys. Back yourself. Beat Barnsley and carry this momentum on. Instead, now they're going to have no game for two weeks before they play Derby. And also, I do think it's a bit harsh on the fans because 3,000 plus have got tickets. They won't all be able to go on a Tuesday night because of work and that. So I disagree. There's one other... You go. Sorry, Andy. No, go on. It is is harsh on the fans. Ipswich did... I think they've, they've clearly they've called it off as early as they possibly could they've not even announced the third international call up and they've they've announced mm. it as early as they can it's just i just hope this is the last time we're even having this chat we've had this chat so many times in the last 4 years haven't we get into the championship and it's not a problem it's not even a question it's, mm. these are in the calendar and um, yeah. we can all crack on 
The, the other argument for your side of it, Mark, is that Barnsley, one of their key players, Luca Connell, who's kind of pulling the strings at the the base of midfield at the moment. He's, I think, their only international call-up likely to be away with the Republic of Ireland under-21s. So they would be weakened by that absence. And Ipswich, if you looked at who the replacements are, you go, well, Caden Jackson's been been getting rave reviews whenever he stepped in for Wes Burns. You'd have Marcus Harness ready to step in for Nathan Broadhead. Um, Greg Lee's not even been making squads so that's not really a factor. Hopefully, from an Ipswich point of view, Sam Morsey wouldn't be a call-up. But obviously, you're you're you're, you're taking a risk there. Um, mm. But um, I can see the arguments for and against it. I don't think it's a complete no-brainer. But weighing up all the evidence, I think I would have probably gone towards the uh, the postponement route. Fair enough. What did you say, Stu? Reckless and arrogant to play it. That kind of sums me up in many ways. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Maybe that's, that's just me. Um, right then. So Barnsley's off. They won't have anything to watch on Mars a week on Saturday now. No one's thought about that either. Um, but <laughs> what they will be watching on Mars tomorrow, friends, is is the Shrewsbury, the mighty Shrews of Shrewsbury coming to Portman Road to see if town can get a six straight win. Imagine that, friends. Six straight wins. We thought that would sort of thing that just doesn't happen to Ipswich Town, but it might do tomorrow. Do you know um, when the last time it did happen? Was it uh, two, Was it in the last century, Stu? Uh, no. no. When was it? it? Was, I, th- I think we're going back, I think. It was. I think, is it? Yeah. You don't it was, it, it was in the, me. It was in no, the last century. It was in the oh. last century. Well, yeah, not since the millennium. Exactly. Within it's the not last happened. It's years. not happened yeah. this millennium. It's massive. Yeah. Yeah, we're going back, I think, to 1980-81 when Ipswich last won six league games in a row. And that came fresh, hot, off the back of the 4-1 iconic win in St Etienne during that run to the UEFA UEFA Cup glory. So Mm. that's how rare a feat this is. And people will be shouting, going, you can't compare League One to top flight football. Um, It's all relative, isn't it? Um, I think sort of winning, winning that number of games in a row is is all relative to whatever division you're in. It's it's a hard feat. Not many people do it. Um, Shrewsbury, of course, did it fairly mm. recently, um, which tells did it you in what... January, mate. Easy. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, six wins in a row. That would be yeah. remarkable. Well, how about this game then? Because obviously, going into this, <clears throat> Shrewsbury are what are they ninth in the, in the table on paper. This should be a town win, looking at the, the relative form. Although. You have to say, form table over the last 10, Shrewsbury are right behind town. I think they've won six of their last 10. They're only a point off town in, in, in form in the last 10 games. Is this, you look at the home games remaining, Stewie, this game and the game against Wickham stand out as possibly the two hardest remaining games. Yes, I think so. I think the likes of the games against Charlton, Exeter, remind me what the, the fifth home game is. Port Vale. Port Vale, yeah, those are games against teams that are the classic kind of mid-table, little to play for. They can be difficult, those games, because you get these sides, suddenly the shackles are off, it's it's carefree and they just come and and play and enjoy themselves and, and, and that can, they can raise their game on those situations. But I think Ipswich playing those sort of teams that maybe might open up a little bit more. And just and just have a game of football suits Ipswich. Hmm. So 
yeah, playing teams that have still got a dog in the fight, something to play for. Shrewsbury, I think, maybe still clinging on to the fact that they might sneak into the playoffs. Wickham certainly will be. Um, are trickier games. And also the games against the teams, toward, normally you'd say against the teams fighting for their lives. I mean, Ipswich have made it fairly relatively simple work against those recently. But um, maybe as we get towards the latter stages, they, they might be able to trip up some others. Yeah. Does that all add up to all of them being difficult? Because <laughs> a player te- teams that are fighting for their lives, difficult. Yeah. yeah, Teams that have got nothing to play for, shackles are off. Teams that are fighting for promotion, tough games. <laughs> There's no easy games in this league. We know it. We've been told it lots of times. But, but all, all joking aside, actually, this isn't this isn't an easy game. Um, no. Looking at Shrewsbury. I mean, as I say, they're, they're fifth in the in the, the form table over the last 10 games. One six, drawn two, lost two. Someone's done some research. Check it out. Um, and also in recent times, they've drawn at Derby, who are obviously right up there in the mix, and they've beaten Wickham two uh, 0 which is a good win for them. Um, so what what kind of what kind of game are we expecting? It's a game obviously Town should win and, and need to win. Yeah. But what are you expecting? Yeah. Well, I'd like I I, I want to see Ipswich win out at home. Really. Yeah. Win, win all the games from here. Um, but yeah, it's not going to be easy. That Derby game you mentioned, they came back from 2-0 down to win at Derby. So there's clearly that's a draw at Derby. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So there's there's clearly some uh, some real heart in there, some experienced mm. players. They doesn't sound like they're a proper park the bus team um away from home. So there'll be some elements of expansive football in there and room for Ipswich to play, but they'll play be playing some good players uh, against some good players who don't concede many goals. So um it could well be could well be a tight one, but all all of that being said, Ipswich Ipswich should win it, um, um, and they need to win it because if that if they don't, Plymouth are at home to Forest Green this weekend, which mm. is I don't know if Forest Green are fighting for their lives. Or they they're gone, they're, aren't they? They're the white the much. white flag, the white flag. <clears throat> maybe maybe that is the the easy game in League in League One. There are no easy games in League One. What? Apart from a home game with Forest Green. <laughs> if, if you're Plymouth, who always win at home park. Yeah, I don't know what odds you'd get on that. Not very good ones, but that's that's an absolute gimme, that game. Um, so, yeah, I think we have to expect that, that Plymouth win are probably going to improve their goal difference as well. Um, Ipswich, I think this is a case of just trying to, to keep pace this weekend. I don't think this is a potential to kind of jump back into the top two scenario for Ipswich. Barnsley are away at Wickham. Which okay. um, which is a tough game for them. Mm. Um, so yeah, we'll see. What kind of questions are there around the, the side, the team, the starting eleven, boys? Because it feels like there's there's not that many questions around around the starting eleven anymore. We said not too long ago when things weren't going great, let's see some more consistency, and it feels like we're kind of getting that for whatever reason now. The it feels like to me the only real question is, is around who plays at the top, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I, I think that's beyond any last minute injury surprises or mm. or anything like that i think you're probably mm. right there's um and that will be in, that is an eternal question i think i don't think i don't think we're going to i don't think we'll ever feel like one of those two is the nailed on starter every week um certainly not for the next few games anyway so i i don't know which way he'll go you can make arguments for both um, mm. Just as you could last weekend at, at Bolton, and, and and the way that McKenna went there ended up with a, a really good goal from George Hurst. So, um, mm. either is fine by me. I, I I would I would have a slight hunch towards a complete unchanged eleven, though, ever so slight. But there's reasons for for both. 
I'm going to shock you, Mark. I'm going to I'm going to slightly disagree with Andy for what? once. What? That doesn't I'm all for happen it. very I'm often, but yep. I think I think this might be more of a Freddie Ladapo type of game. I think George Hurst was picked at Bolton for what we saw with the goal, his ability to to run on the last shoulder and to keep pace with rapid counter attacks, um, to fight Ricardo Santos, uh, to to work hard and chase down the goalkeeper. I think this home game against Shrewsbury side that has got an experienced defence, not necessarily one that's blessed with pace. Uh, I think he might go with Ladapo to drop into to pockets and link play and do Ipswich's best work might come just a little bit further away from Shrewsbury's goal. And, and I think back to that game at Shrewsbury last August when Ipswich won 3-0, Tyrese John Jules played as the central striker that day in what modern football parlance would be described as the false nine. And if you remember his goal, he you know he dropped deep, he dispossessed a player, he turned, he charged at the defence. Um, I think that might be in McKenna's mind a little bit uh, when he's cooking up his game plan for this one. I think um, Freddie's attributes might be preferred and that will be no knock on George Hurst's performance at all. Last weekend, he was superb. Um, but as McKenna said afterwards, he'll continue... Both he's spoken to both of the players. He's told them that he'll, they'll they'll have get, he'll have games in mind for each of them, mm. and they're going to have their roles to play from the start, and they're going to have their roles to play from the bench as well. Mm. Okay, that brings us then, friends, to the uh, the uncomfortable question. Hutchie, I six to eight million pounds. Um, it's a difficult chat to have, and it feels like um, this is the thing now, though. Like, obviously, you you got that you. It could not have been scripted better that win four games in a row, score at least 12 goals with the way it happened with, with Eduardo scoring in the 90th plus minute to, to win that money. And then to double down at Bolton, an unlikely on paper win for town. They got the win. And now it feels like we've got to keep this going. I don't know how you feel about it. Keep what going? You you just owe me just... more and more and more money. Yeah. Yeah, essentially me just ruining myself more and more financially because like we had the lucky trainers last season, actually, it feels like we've, we've got something here. Well, I hate to break it to you, you actually owe me £72 million. Oh, plus, well, uh, whatever, what's £4 yeah. million pounds between friends? <laughs> just, just, well, <laughs> it's, the, it's the difference between you getting your dog back or not um, <laughs> at a timely manner. Um, yeah. So what are you saying? You, 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 you're saying you just want to recklessly... I just, I don't know. Give away Obviously, more cash. No, you're the man. You're the man with the holding all the cards here. I just feel like if we if we didn't go again and Town don't win this game, I'd feel like we were mainly responsible. To be honest. Okay. What do you want from me? You want you want another bet, and you're going to give me some silly odds. Well, unless we just go double or quits again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you don't have to. I'll just well, throw well, it out there. Fine, mate. I, I, I'm worried for you. I've been worried about you the whole way through this. I haven't brought it up um, <laughs> until this point. Uh, so, you're, what odds are you giving me on a? You, you think Shrewsbury are gonna are gonna win enough no, to take this bet? I don't think Shrewsbury are gonna win. I'm just. Uh, do you, uh, What's the for, The format is you come up. You come up with a bet, and Mark yeah. gives you the gives you the odds. Well, unless we just go double or quits again. Town are going to win this game, double or quit. Okay, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. All right. So that would leave me what 136 million. Yeah, is that would that be in in the hole? 140 with the stake, original stake. Yep. Yeah, I'm fine with that. 
I don't like this. <laughs> uh, it feels reckless on your part i'll be honest I, i've heard you've had a nice little sainsbury's delivery this morning I yeah love that. i'll have all the yeah. contents of that as well okay crunching um, up cornflakes i just yeah i feel like we have to keep it going really um for just as, as almost like a public service now for town fans and so, me so that's and fine. you Thank yeah because you, you you want a, a second island um should we do that then double yeah, or quits yeah. And uh, then, yeah. then I've then I've got two weeks to come up with the money before the derby game. <laughs> mm, yeah, you're a bit of a flight risk in those. I'm two definitely weeks. a flight risk, mate. Don't you worry weeks, about that. I would suggest. Yeah, yeah. Um, International break. Yeah, yeah, I'm off. Heath Heath leaves the country, starts a new life. Um, what are we saying then? Obviously, you, you think Town are going to win then, Hutchie? What's your prediction? Two uh, one, and a, another world of pain for you by the sounds of things. Two one. Stuart, you saying a win? I am, yeah. Uh, I've gone for 2 0, and I think it might be a game where there needs to be a little bit more patience. Um, I think this is one where they're going to need the crowd with them, and, and they're going to have to be fully together in this match. And um, yeah, maybe, maybe the, the goals to come in the second half. I'm going to say 2 1 as well to town. So that does, that does leave me in quite a lot of financial, financial strife. Meeting with the bank manager on Monday. Three points, Worst though. bookmakers ever. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel now it's it's gone beyond beyond fast, uh, and we've got to just keep it rolling now, just to see how much money I can lose. What was I'm the just, original? What? I'm, well, the, I'm just going to look up the actual odds. You've essentially you've offered me even money for, for Ipswich to win this game, and I'm going to look up what the actual odds are because it won't be as good as that. I tell you, I do. I'm I'm not You're a terrible, terrible, I'm a terrible bookmaker. <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst uh what have we got here football bear with me competitions skybet league one Ipswich your account town. would have been shut down months ago in the yeah, real world wouldn't it absolutely yeah You'd have been four to eleven it. Ipswich are wow when that's if i'd if i'd put 62 68 million pounds on that you'd have only you'd You'd only have owed me 92.73 in the event of a town win. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now you've rocketed that up to 136. Oh, I feel foolish now. I do think, though, after this season, um, obviously, we we go back to million pound picks next season. Uh, if you're still here, Hutchie, that's probably a big question. I think someone else needs to take on the bookmaker's role. I feel like even Ross probably couldn't do a worse job than I've done this season on the bookmaker's odds. I've been. I worry that there's neither of you are going to be left. Both of, both of you, <laughs> for differing reasons, are going to sail off into the sun, and it's just just going to be me and Ross left. Absolutely, I've got to start that OnlyFans account this weekend. I reckon start getting some money in. I'm not sure what sort of market there'll be for that. Well, we're gonna we're we're gonna find out. I'll, I'll subscribe. I'll give you four ninety nine a month. <laughs> Subscription's going to be a million pounds a month, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, dear, oh, dear. It's fine oh, for me, mate. <laughs> utter farce I am. Um, friends, that brings us to the end of a relatively short podcast. There's going to be a little bonus bit stuck on the end now. But um, any other, anything else to talk about before I intro that, boys? Anything else to mention? What's the bonus bit? We're going to tag on an interview that I did with Austin Vidal about the ah. uh, the Marcus Stewart marathon, um, cause just because it's a nice... Nice twenty-minute chat, which I'm hoping will be of interest to people, and hopefully get some more people behind him. But anything else, boys, to talk about? Hutchie, what's your shirt of the your shirt over the right hand shoulder? It's kind of a you're never going to guess that. Neither of you will ever guess that. So it's, it, it, is it blue? It looks like it's kind of aqua aqua blue. 
well, as a cross aqua blue and then like a darker blue around it. Yeah, you're never ever in a million years going to get this. What, what's the country? Dutch. No, okay. it's Croatian. Oh man, I've got no chance. <laughs> Dinamo Zagreb. No, uh, that's me out. <laughs> <laughs> The Phoenix Cardinals, no? It's got if you look, it's got sharks on it. The The Mighty Sharks of Sarajevo. I don't know. I can't, I can't read I still that. can't read that. What is it? Uh Rieka. Oh yeah. Of course it is. The boys of Rieka. Yeah. There you are. Wow. Fun, <clears> huh? Yeah. Um, is that an- another new one, Hutchie, or just? Uh, yeah, it is actually. What? How have you? How have you ended up with a Rieka shirt? I mean, that's a t- <laughs> a side that I've never even heard of. What? How have you got that? Sources. But that's what makes? You... Yeah, but what? How's that happened? Like, you, do you just go? I just want a shirt of a team that I've... obviously well, you I, have heard I, of them. But... I am. I have heard of them. Um, they have been a foe of mine on previous football manager games many years ago. Ah, okay. Um, so I, I was aware of them. I saw it became available for the sum of seventeen pounds, um, and I've got loads of money. So I can, <laughs> if I want, if I want that for seventeen pounds, I can. Um, You'll bloody I, have it. I can have it. So pocket are you, change. Are you going to be trading upwards with that? Is that a want to trade? Uh, not, not imminently. No, that that will hang around. Let's hang ruminate. around for a bit. Yeah, to ruminate, marinate a little bit. Well, it, yeah, I think it did some marinating in the in the bag when it was Ooh. being delivered. If I'm honest, um, really needed a wash. Match worn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't great. Stewie, what news have you from the, the world of Watson? How many eggs have you have you eaten today? No eggs today. What did you make, Stu? Uh, I don't know if Hutchie watches it. What did you make of the Last of Us finale? Have you watched it? Yeah, I liked it. I knew. I... As I say, I played the game, so I kind of knew what was coming. That sort of epic end scene where he's yeah. uh, rampaging through the uh, the hospital. Uh, I knew knew that was coming, but um, yeah, I liked it. I thought the the best two episodes were the uh, the two guys in the house. Yep, um, and uh, the one in the shopping mall where yeah. he was with thing. I, I enjoyed both those two episodes. I thought that was it's, really um... good TV. Is played the game the new read the book? Yeah, is that the new the new kind of? Well, I read the book, so now it's I played the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, already read the book, so doesn't uh... quite have the same intellectual kind of <laughs> meaning to it, is it? Does it? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm aware of this show, by the way. It's on our list of things to watch. I've not watched it. It's based on a computer game. It's like yeah. I've never played. I've never played the game, uh, Hutchie. So I've I've just consumed it fresh and i've really enjoyed it it's i didn't really know good. they did that like things evolving out of computer mm, they've, tr- they've tried it in the past and it's always been awful um they, did, they tried to make yeah they do you remember they did a street fighter oh, God, yeah, at one point With Kylie Minogue, Kylie Minogue, yeah. yeah and that yeah, was that, that was terrible, terrible. Yeah. Uh, they tried to do an assassin's creed film and that was that was pretty awful as well yeah. but this this is decent when's the mario was... kart film coming out <laughs> There's Tell already been a Super Mario film, hasn't there? With that had um, Bob Hoskins in. <laughs> really? That yeah. Sounds horrendous. They've years done Sonic as well, haven't they? Yeah, they did years Sonic and years quite years recently. They had yeah. to can it and start again, didn't they? Because when they went to the kind of 
the test showings of it. Everyone, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it to, yeah, to, yeah. to re, redo it. I also didn't realise you. I was reading yesterday that the two um, people who played Joel and Ellie in the in the game actually appear in the series. The uh, the guy who played Joel is one of the um, the uh, god bothering lot who uh, seek to take them prisoner, and the girl who played Ellie in the game is actually Ellie's mum in the final episode. Um, okay. You get to see Ellie being born before she departs this mortal coil. Um, yeah, so that's quite nice, isn't it? A little bit of consistency. Anyway, friends, that. That, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Um, we're now about to play an interview I did earlier this week with Austin Vidal. On the audio version, this is. Um, Austin is an Ipswich Town fan, friend of the show, normally based in Australia, but he's over for a month. And he's a runner of some talent and skill. And he's decided to put that to use a week on Sunday at Portman Road. He's going to do 27 laps of Portman Road, which equates to about 27 miles. He's calling it the first Marcus Stewart marathon to raise money for, obviously, Marcus and the, the Derby Rimmer Foundation, MND research. Um, really impressive thing for someone to be doing. His original fundraising target was £100. That's already been smashed. He's now aiming for 270 obviously, continuing the, the 27 theme. And I think he's pretty much on the verge of that already. Um, and we, we've shared the, the fundraising link. So if you do want to support him, it's obviously a great cause. Um, I'll share them again after this. Go and go and give him what you can if you can. And also, if you're around next Sunday, the 26th, from 8am, go down and give him a clap. I assume, boys, you've now not got to go to Barnsley, so you'll be doing a couple of laps with him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, anyway, if you want to watch that, because obviously it won't be tagged on to the end of this video, that's also already on our, on our YouTube feed. Uh, this is just for a little bonus for audio listeners. Um, and also, obviously, I have to finish by reminding you to support our sponsors, um, Ginger Pickle. We're all wearing the Ginger Pickle hoodie today. If you like your pickle ginger, Google Ginger Pickle. They'll help you with your digital marketing, your SEO, your your rankings, etc. Tony Southgate and the boys there, get involved with them. I think they're up for an award today. So good luck with that, Tony. Um, and also Manscaped. I mentioned that Manscaped with a small M because we're in something of a contract dispute at the moment with Manscaped. Um, seems that we've had a bit of a slowdown on our shifting of, of ball trimmers, boys. Um, and, and Manscaped want to negotiate the deal, shall we say, renegotiate the deal. So uh, they are still our sponsor. Uh, use the code carry at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. Actually do that in, in your droves now because then we can drive the price back up. Um, so if you can all go and get yourself a nose trimmer or a testicle trimmer, go and do that immediately after you finish. Hair trimmer, testicle hair trimmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be, don't be carving off bits of, of your nuts. That, of course, is a problem with the old trimmers. You don't get that with Manscaped. Because they've got anti-nick technology, haven't they, Hutchie, as we know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your boys are totally safe. Trust us. <laughs> right there. <laughs> Prove your loyalty to this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Shave <laughs> <Jave> yourself. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, and also, obviously, leave us a five-star on iTunes if you can. Um, it helps us lift our visibility in the charts. We have introduced things such as Edam Cheese Tube in recent weeks. It's gone down extremely well. Revelation, that was. Revel revelatory from Roscoe. Uh, and also in terms of things to look out for, obviously, um, Sue's mentioned there the interview with Jason Sheckley, which will be dropping next week sometime. Rossi's done a Tractor Girls talk and also a fan social. Hutchie's in bits. Hutchie's struggling. He's had, he's had to go on mute. <laughs> <laughs> so what comes up now, friends, will be at my chat with Austin Vidal. Go and support that if you can. Um, donate if you can. That's happening next Sunday. If you're going to the game this weekend, enjoy it. Hopefully, Hutchie will have stopped laughing by the time we're back next week. Talk all about it. Have a great one.
Hello, friends, and welcome to a Kings of Anglia special. It's the first time, I believe, we've ever actually spoken to a friend of the show on the show, um, Austin Vidal with me, Mark Heath hosting as ever. Uh, but Austin, as much as we appreciate you being a friend of the show, that's not actually the reason we're speaking to you today. We're speaking to you today because of what you can see scrolling across the bottom of the screen. You're going to do something quite spectacular to raise money for Marcus Stewart and the Derby Rimmer Foundation at Portman Road next week. Um First of all, mate, how are you? How's how's being back in Ipswich? Because you're normally living over in Oz, aren't you? Yeah, so I'm I'm based in Penrith, which is just by the Blue Mountains in Sydney at the moment. And being back home is always good. Um, as much as I'm based in Australia now uh, with my family and my my son and partner, uh, Ipswich will always be a home as well. Um, so it's it's great to see some familiar faces and just. Um, Get around the town, although it's a little bit cold at the moment. <laughs> yeah, um, different to Australia, I imagine, at the moment. Yeah, for, for me, I, I'm definitely feeling it, but I'm I'm loving it at the same time. Nice one. And while you're back, obviously, you're going to do this, this pretty remarkable uh, marathon fundraiser, which we'll talk about in a minute. Before we get to that, though, mate, can you let's start with a little bit about yourself uh, and your kind of um, your background and, and how you got to the point where you're now going to run 27 miles to raise money for a town legend? So. You grew up a town fan, I'm assuming. Tell, tell us all about yourself. Yeah, so I was I was very much born into a Manchester United household. So I was given the, the middle name Trafford. So <laughs> I, I couldn't escape it. And I absolutely loved it. It was in the 90s. It was a great time to be a Manchester United fan. But as um, my grandma, who's still a season ticket holder, would get us down to Portman Road all the time with Bam Bam. Um, he particularly stands out as a as a young town fan. Um Things just grew on from there. And as I got older and could go to the games by myself with my mates in the Britannia stand, um, Hipswich kind of took over. Um, Wembley 2000 certainly helped with that. And as I've been away and travelled all over the world, it's the Hipswich Town shirt that comes with me. Yeah. Uh, and there's a real community right around the world, isn't there, with town? Um, there is. Talk to me a bit as well about your kind of your personal journey, because obviously you're from Hipswich, you live in Australia now. Um, you are a personal trainer. I, I follow you on social media. You do a, a lot of what I would call crazy running events, running ridiculous <laughs> distances incredibly quickly. So uh, talk to us a bit about your background from that side of things as well. Still still to this day, when, when people ask me about it, how I got into it, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I think I, I was doing like kind of some strongman events mm. um, and bodybuilding in the town when I was younger kind of got a bit unhealthy, stopped training, got lazy. And then I had my dad and brother who were doing parkrun, which which we see in a few places around the area now. Mm. And I, I slogged myself around there, and I must have been 19 stone at the time. And there was this this buzz at the events, and I wanted more. I, I don't know why, because I really suffered. I was normally hungover when I was doing it. <laughs> um, but I, I kept going back. The, the weight fell off, and... Um, I was doing a little bit of boxing at the time, um, kind of going through the triathlon disciplines and things just just spiralled from there. Um, I, I combined that with travel. It, it kept me on the on the straight and narrow, as you'd say. It kept me sober um, and ended up going to, to Kenya, running behind a lot of people at that point. Wow. Um, and still to this day. But again, it's just kind of... Um, getting amongst something that makes you feel good. And, and that's what I found with running. It's helped me massively. Yeah. Um, and, and normally when I come back or I bump into people that I know, it puts a smile on their face. And um, I don't always realise it's not something that everyone can do. Um, but again, it's just being open to that. Mm. So that way um, 
others who, who might sit here and think, oh, I could never do a park run, let alone a lap of Portman Road. It, it, it really can be done. Um, I've managed to win a few events since I've been away. Um, and I still, I still can't believe it now because I'm, I'm just a normal bloke. Yeah. How did you end up, how did this normal bloke who, who was new to running, how did he end up being a personal trainer in Australia then? What's taking you over there? I, th- I think as well, it's, it's just the, the passion for, for travel, um, sports, whether that be like the running, the boxing, the, the triathlon, um, football, it, it becomes like a global language and, and you just get involved with it more and more. I was working at the Port of Felixstowe for some time in security around the town, um, and I really enjoyed that, but it's only kind of as I've become a father, um, the best part of 18 months ago now, mm. I, I realised perhaps some of those opportunities to, to do everything was, wasn't quite possible. So I had to make a decision. I felt at 30-odd th- at years old, um, it was kind of now or never. Um, my hair's getting a bit thinner. It's getting a, bit, a little bit more silver. So um, I felt that that window of people listening to me might... might um, might go pretty quick yeah. but um yeah there's again like kind of when you go away and, and you look around and even now racing against some guys who have got 10 10 20 years on me mm. it's inspirational it's just taking that inspiration of of these things can be done you can still stay active beyond 30 40 50 we've we've got guys out there who are 70s and 80s and they're smashing records so wow. um Yes, it's incredible. You just find the inspiration wherever you go. And before we get on to this event, you mentioned training in Kenya with runners. And, and obviously Kenyan runners are the elite of the elite. What, what was that like? Again, I just kind of threw, threw myself in there. I'd watched, watched many videos online and I found myself kind of going through the, the Asia route of travel mm. and kind of look at, looking down that aspect and and the, the parties were appealing and they were good fun. But at the same time, I thought this doesn't really fit in with running. It doesn't fit in with, with any other sports training. Um, so I kind of wanted a destination that could, that could offer me that. And I went there and again, it, it goes beyond the running. I, I am a good runner, but I'm certainly not elite and I'm certainly not as fast as the Kenyans. I'm, I, I say it every time I am just a normal bloke mm. and being in Kenya amongst these these superhumans um, was was a, a life changing experience, and I, I recommend it to anyone, whether you're a runner, a walker, a volunteer. Um, it, it's incredible because these people are very humble, they're very kind, very warm, and and their world is so different to ours. Um, so yeah, that that was that was one of the big ones that that kind of put me on this path. Whereabouts in Kenya were you? Were you a, like a, a set training camp or? Yes, there's a very special place called a ten, which is yeah. um, up in the mountains, and you you live at altitude. Life is very simple up there, but again, like you'll 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 walk down to the local shop, and you'll see two hundred runners gathering, and it's only when you get to know some of these guys and they start telling you about the times or <laughs> what Olympics have been to, the Commonwealth Games, and all these amazing things, and they're just they're just rocking up at at 6am a good a good 200 of them and they're ready for a stampede fartlek run um <laughs> you you cannot imagine it you cannot imagine it it would be like seeing um seeing i don't know two two dozen professional footballers rocking up in the park for a kickabout yeah fantastic. you can't what, replicate it 
what a life experience. Um, let's talk then, shall we, about this event that you're planning. <clears throat> you see there scrolling across the bottom of the screen. A week on Sunday at Portman Road, you're planning to run 27-mile marathon, obviously, a nod to Marcus Stewart's number when he first arrived at town. Um, tell us all about it. Why are you doing it? What's the, what's the, what's the plan? Um, I think I've, I've always followed the podcast and, and various um, sports shows, things like that. It, it keeps my mind occupied and it's something I love to listen to when I'm away. Um, it keeps me in touch with home. And I'd listened to a few bits on Marcus before and you could just hear his passion for, for coaching and football that's gone beyond that that mm. great football career he had. Um, and kind of when, when the news come out about Marcus that we saw with the club, I, I was obviously upset like, like many people and I, I mm. wanted to know more about it. I wanted to, to understand myself as a, as a male conscious about his own health. Mm. Um, and then we've, we've seen like kind of many inspirational fundraisers and I thought I've kind of got an ability here where I can, I can do something with my body and, and it, it kind of stands out or sets, sets me apart from a few and hopefully it would just kind of shake up a few ideas and get a few other people inspired and keep moving and hopefully um, just give, give Marcus kind of some peace from all the stuff that he's got going on mm. and we can just create some noise and, and tackle MND head on, as they mm. say. Mm. Um, and so essentially you, you're at 8 a.m. a week on Sunday, you're going to be at Portman Road and you're going to run 27 miles, which, you know, to a normal human being like myself, Oh, anyone kind of watching this will think, "What? You're just going <laughs> to run 27 miles?" Um, and obviously, that's that. That's because of the number. And also, you're obviously looking for for donations to the the MND cause, uh, the Derby River Foundation, which which Marcus is is supporting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the plan. I kind of thought, right, let's let's pick a sensible start time. At the moment, I when I'm in Sydney to beat the sun, I'm normally out yeah. uh, four four five six a.m. And I thought, right over here, it's going to be a bit colder. Let's start a time where, where people might find it a bit more socially acceptable. Um, so I thought I'd start at eight o'clock. I'll do the, do the 27 laps, which is approximately a mile. Um, we're going to kind of go down Portland Road, up past Staples or, or wherever it might have changed to now, and then background again. And I'd kind of try and, try and tick both boxes, completing at least 27 laps and at least 27 miles. A marathon is 26.2, but I thought we've got to make this – this a bit more special for Marcus because he's very special to to a lot of people around the town. He's given us he's given us Wembley, and a lot's gone on from there with the club and with the area. And we're we're working all the time to try and replicate that and to to relive their moments. Um, so I've kind of hoped that by doing the twenty seven, it can be something that people might want to come down and, and offer me a bit of support, whether that be a clap or or just walk around and feel some of the energy that way. Or if they're feeling a bit more um, energetic, they might want to have a little jog around with me. And how um, long? How long would, would would do you reckon it'll take you to run this twenty-seven miles? Because clearly, uh, a good marathon time is is kind of what three hours for a normal runner, like a, like a, a, a kind of non-elite runner, but a very good runner. So, what kind of time are you looking at? You reckon? Um, I'm I'm trying to be sensible. I'm trying to trying to. Um, I'm trying to use my head on this one. I yeah. want it to be socially acceptable. I've got a few friends coming down, um, which means a lot. I do a lot of solo training and part of being back in Ipswich um, is just to spend time with people, see family, see friends, mm. see town fans. So I'm going to do it at, 
whoever's next to me, I'm going to do it at a comfortable pace for them. Okay. Um, obviously, it's it's got me thinking, right, if if I really want to put, put my foot down on it, could I do it under three hours? Wow. Yeah, why not? If, if, if there's some people there and they want to give me a clap, I, I love the energy. I love making people smile. Um, even when I'm like doing a race, I'd rather clap someone else and give a thumbs up or something to the crowd than, than be purely focused on myself. I'm, I'm a bit of an entertainer in that way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be at a, at a sensible pace. I would like to get cooking at some points, maybe put in, <laughs> put in one fast lap at the end, but I'll, I want to have, have a few people next to me sharing the day. So the idea is obviously people come down, they support you, they donate, and you're talking about potentially hoping this could be a, become an annual thing to raise money for, yeah. for Marcus and, and and the foundation. Yeah, definitely. I think I think the town's got so many great runners. We've got walkers. We've got a, a good community out there, and it's it's bringing out that community, combining it with the club, um, stretching it across the town, and kind of creating creating more more good times, more good times off off Wembley, off the club, off Marcus. Um, for everyone so whether it be an annual thing or just something that people kind of think oh you know what I can't do 27 miles but I might try 2.7 or I might just yeah. just start with a lap start my fitness journey there then um, everyone can kind of buy in that way it's it's about being inclusive I think at the moment mm. and inspiring people obviously Marcus Stewart inspired you so he's the man oh, massively. what 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 does Marcus Stewart mean to you Marcus Stewart, see, at the time I'd have been about 10 years old. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't have been quite the analyst that, that, I, am, that I am now or that we all think we are yeah, now. Yeah. Um, but he, he was, he was one, of, one of the players that you want to be on the playground. I think my running ability and my football ability are two very different things. <laughs> so I definitely wasn't the goal scorer. But in my head... Um, in my head, and I think in many others, we were all Marcus Stott on that playground at some point. We had the gloves. Um, I've, I've got the shirt now um, with the short sleeves. So Mar Marcus was just a goal scorer. He was a man that, that you want to celebrate. Um, and we would always sing the song, Walking the Stuart Wonderland. And, and it, it still happens now. That's, that's what Portman Road is. It's yeah. something special for many players. Have you got a favourite Marcus Stewart memory of his time at town? Um, I, th I think he, he just, he was a goal scorer, wasn't he? So it was just th that kind of as a kid, you weren't going to sit there and analyse the game. You were going to just watch the players and you were going to wait for the um, dodgy keeper chance or bam, bam. Um, you just wanted the crowd to get going and you knew when Marcus Stewart was on the pitch, there was going to be a goal sooner or later. And, and that that's what it was, like climbing on your seat as a kid, jumping up and down and, and hugging the people around you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you when you actually do the run, you mentioned now obviously the famous gloves. It's going to be pretty cold, I imagine, eight a.m. in the morning. Are you going to be happy wearing anything in tribute to Marcus? Have you got the gloves? Have you got the the kit? Of course, the shirt? Of, yeah. Of course, the, the gloves are going to come out. Um, yeah. I I do get very sweaty quite quick. That is a <laughs> that is a downfall of mine because um, I am a, such a bit a bigger runner, so I'm not an out and out marathoner. Mm. Um, but the gloves have got to be there. There's there's no two ways about it. I think. Um, I've got some other people trying to put a shirt on me uh, for the event. They're trying to get behind it. But I think the Ipswich Town one, this this one that I've got on now and the blue gloves, is, is a not, uh, no compromise on that, really. Absolutely iconic. Um, have you had a chance to go to games since you've been back? Are you going on Saturday, for example? 
I'm, I'm actually, as it happens, I'm, I'm away in Bristol. I'm visiting my brother who lives up there. Okay. So I know that there's a, a mural up there for Marcus. So I'm actually planning to have a little jog down nice. just the eight miles um, and checking on, <laughs> checking on that. Um, so, yeah, I haven't managed to get to as many games. I got down to Accrington the other night and uh, I loved it. It's been, been a long three years, but it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I was going to ask you just by finishing, how, how are you feeling about town this season? I, I, I won't look over that. Just just an eight-mile jog, by the way. That's not that's not what normal people do, mate. Just Let's get into jog. my head a bit. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but how, how are we feeling about town? Is this going to be the season? They're going to go up top two, do you reckon? What you, what you yeah, I, I put this question on a lot of people, especially when I get back. We can talk football properly because the yeah. language doesn't, doesn't always... Um, always translate like you'll get a lot of people come over when they hear your accent they want to speak to you about about football and they're still questioning whether it's just town the premier league and i say sadly not but um we'll be back there soon enough i've, I've put this question on others and i question them if they pause but you've, you've got to believe that's yeah. that's why we're football fans we'll, we'll believe in our club absolutely and there's no reason not to at the moment five wins in a row six clean sheets things are looking good exactly the the, the numbers don't lie Indeed. Um, have you got a target for the, the amount of money? I, I, I clicked on this before we started talking. I see your original target was £100, which you've already gone by. Um, so have you got a, a, a number in your head? Um, well, it was £100 originally because things, things can be tight. Everyone, everyone's going through like the cost of living crisis, things like that. So whether, again, it's the 27. So if people want to donate 27p, 27 pounds, mm. like Sam Older or £2.70, it all adds up and it all goes towards the great cause. So I think um, as, you've, as you've got me on the question now, we've surpassed 100. Let's, let's go to 270. 270 has got to be the, the next obvious target, hasn't it? I think we're yeah. a bit better than that, though. My, myself, Kings of Anglia Army, get involved, support Austin. He's one of our own. Um, so in, in terms of donating, you've got the link there below. I've got your Instagram as well, which is probably the best way for people to follow you, I guess, uh, and also learn a bit more about you. Um, I was going to ask if you're doing any kind of special training, but clearly I'd imagine this is just like, <laughs> a, what is it, just like a training month for you? It, no, no, it, it, I'm not doing anything specific at the moment. I've, I've got no events lined up when I go back, just kind of get back into family life and, and the, the swing of the heat, I guess, out there. Mm. Um, but it, it will be hard. There's, there's no two ways about it. I kind of, I can do certain things, but kind of running, running beyond, um, running beyond the hour can, can get a bit mind numbing for me. I, mm. I do start to struggle that way. So it's, it's not going to be easy. I've managed to get out with a, with a few people since I've been back. I've teamed up with, with RCR, my local running group mm. um, to do a few sessions up there. So it's just kind of ticking over, looking after the body. And I know that there's obviously a bit of pressure on me to, to perform on the day, but what place to do it? Portman road. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what, what a cause to do it for. Let's hope we can get some support down there for you on the day. Austin, is there anything else you want to say before we, uh, we sign off? Um, just, just kind of, you, you've, you've, you've caught my tongue for a second there. I've, I've been rolling the words off pretty well. Um, just kind of get behind it in, in your own way. Um, not expecting a big crowd to kind of to be there. It will just be me running with hopefully a few friends or anyone else that wants to join. Yeah. But if you can take something away from it and uh, use that to inspire your own fundraising, or you want to help with fundraising towards a, a further event for Marcus and, and the Derby Rimmer foundation, it's so important. There's a lot of good work going on there. 
and and they, they need our help, whether it be big or small. And I think everyone can offer something. So, um, yeah. Well, it's a great cause, uh, mate. It's a great idea. Um, and I hope it's it's a great day. I'm sure it will be. Uh, as I say, everyone, get behind him. Donate if you can. The link is there. Austin Vidal will be running 27 miles at Portman Road a week on Sunday to raise money for Marcus Stewart and the Derby Rimmer Foundation. Thanks so much for joining us, Austin. Best of luck with it. Have a good trip to Bristol and, and hopefully we'll speak to you after you've done this, this marathon. Thank you, guys.